0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. All right, we're live. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. We're live broadcasting from Kiowa, Colorado, which is about 30 miles southeast of Denver. And... Uh, it has been a wonderful week. We got some rain yesterday. Uh, we could have done without the wind. <laughs> it was crazy, crazy windy yesterday. Blew over some, uh, I saw a motor hunt or a travel trailer on Facebook that was turned over. Kelly Harris lost to horse shelter and everything like that. I lost so half of one. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, anyway, uh, to my left is Ty Weber. Ty Weber is uh, our ranch manager for Save the Cowboy. And. Uh, he just kind of does whatever we ask him to, most of the time willingly.
1: I'm still waiting for a job description. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever yeah. Kevin yeah. asks. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. <laughs> I want it in writing. So, uh, Ty, we, we've been doing this for, for close to 10 years, but we've had the ranch uh, for uh, six years now. Mm-hmm. Tell them about how that kind of started and what's... How it's grown since then?
1: Oh, it's been quite a ride. We, when we first started, uh, it, it was just literally a vision. It was Kevin. You know, he he had this vision of uh, of in, instead of uh, instead of a, just being a cowboy church who got up here and talked about uh, cowboying and serving, he wanted it to be uh, an action-based uh, ministry. And so he had this vision of actually having a working cattle ranch where we could where we could. Uh, practice what we preach. And it started out with, with he and I, um, we, we supported the ranch both financially and with the work. It was he and I, and, uh, we, uh, you can imagine a Texan and a Montanan, um, working together for the first time. It it was, it was great. (laughs) Uh,
2: The Holy
0: Spirit was even having a hard time. (laughs) The Holy
1: Spirit was... Some bringing us together, then keeping us apart. (laughs) No, it was... It was like two magnets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it started out with with a vision, and, and, uh, you know, it started out with our first cow that we got donated was was a Highlander cow. That lasted about an hour on our ranch um, before we traded her in.
0: Well, we drove past the ranch on the way to the sale. <laughs> we, did, we did. We had to But wave, we used that money to buy cattle. We had to, to wave the
1: ink on the on the brand inspection so it was dry, so we could so we could take her to the sale barn. But uh, through the generosity of a ton of people, I can't even begin to, to start listing the people that have that have donated cattle and time and and equipment and and to, to this ranch, it, it's not just me. It's not just Kevin um, or or any of the guys that work out there. But uh, we just started building it up with with a few head of don- donated cattle. We had a we had a uh, a man that wanted to lease us a ranch, and he wanted the ranch to go to us. And so we got a, a lease on a ranch so that we could start doing that. Started out with a few head of cattle. We started just using volunteers and and it's grown and grown To now we have uh i think 42 head of mother cows with calves on them that have all been donated donated we've got 50 head of yearling cattle that we use um for our cowboy crew we've got you know several bulls and and uh we've developed you know we've we've got two full-time hired hands now we've got uh a program the cowboy crew where we get together every week in, in practice and practice and learn skills and, and fellowship. We lease cattle out. Yesterday, uh, Sean leased some cattle. So the, for the first time this summer, we've been able to start leasing those cattle. So things are opening up there. We lease them out to, to whoever needs them in the community. And that's for two reasons. One, to earn income off of those cattle. But the other one is they, they wear a brand on their hip, that's the Long X brand, and it's advertising. And we get a lot of people saying, "Well, what? Who's what saved the cowboy? You know what? You know they just it it befuddles them. Okay. Is that a good word? That is, yeah. that is. I'm yeah. kind of impressed. Don't get to use that very often. Uh, they just can't figure. You know, they just can't wrap their head around that that a cowboy church would actually be out here doing this. We we have based it around serving. People come to the ranch and serve, and then and then we we take. Uh, our crew out, and we serve the community as best we can. Mitch, Mitch has been a big part of that. The, that's really grown the last couple of years with, with the addition of Brett and Mitch, um, and, and Gary, and some of the other people that have that have been through. You know, Gary's been there the whole time. Um, Brett's been there the whole time as a volunteer. Finally, we got him on as a as a staff member. And then when Mitch came along, uh, it ju- just happened to be that the timing was that, that the service part of this the going out and serving really took off so it's it's been a great ride it's just i'm i'm just so proud in a good way not you know not sinful pride but just so proud to be a part of something that that where we actually get to not talk about the theory of of christianity but actually get to to practice it
0: amen (coughs) amen well Mm -hmm. ty mentioned mitch he is the handsomely single young man (laughs) to my right me and him are the same age. We're about 23. And uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch, you, tell them how you got here.
2: Well, it was kind of a long story. Um, I came and visited a guy named Abe. He used to go here and very still much a part of all of our lives, even though he moved back to Kansas. But when I was up here, um, I just met Ty and Kevin and just really kind of kept in touch with them. And like Ty said, whenever, you know, I had talked to Kevin what was it, two years before. Yeah. I I actually came up, Mm -hmm. and um, the two years before, I had the opportunity to come up, but just things weren't just falling into place just real smoothly. It was like we were forcing things, and um, so I just ended up not coming up to Kiowa, and I took another year of internship under another pastor back home and I won't get into into all the details of that but just keeping in touch with Kevin and everything when everything and then this ranch at Rama came up for for lease they gave me an opportunity to come up and and be a part of what they do And, and it was something that I prayed for for quite a few years and and really just died to self on I didn't ride a horse for a year. At that other internship, all I was doing was just Bible te- Bible classes all the time. And I can just look back and just see that had I not taken that and been in ministry for over a year, I would have just been thrown even more into the fire up here. So that, it was really cool how God shaped that my life and answered my prayers all along the way it was just so god-ordained the past few years on how i even got here and especially this last year has been so god-ordained just just all the work that we've been doing and and all the ranches we've been able to serve so
0: well mitch started out as an intern and uh we we need a bunch more interns those handy guys that don't get paid yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. not really uh but, but mitch made such a good hand and the ministry was growing so much that uh we didn't we didn't decide that i think god did to bring him on and uh you know Mitch does our raymer ranch which is uh kind of southeast of here and anybody's welcome to go stay out there you know i mean we've had some people starting to come and stay and just past we we, were
2: busy and then i got about the next three or four weeks i got people coming good
0: good and and that's what it's for you know if you'd like an introduction into that you know i mean maybe you're not at a skill level that you know you can maybe you haven't ridden horses very much well we've got horses that haven't been ridden very much that y'all can learn together (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, just ask carson that's the best carson didn't ride much either, so we just put him on the lawnmower.
0: That's yeah. right. <laughs> so it's a great way to develop. <laughs> now he wants
2: to ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: And Mitch is integral in in helping us do a deal called Long X Ranch Cowboys. And the Long X Ranch Cowboys is just a group of cowboys and cowgirls all across the nation, in Canada and Mexico, that. Uh, it's a subscription-based deal. It's $10 to $500 a month, and 100% of the proceeds go to feeding hungry families and uh, going out and serving and doing what we do. So if that's something that you might be interested in, Um, It's kind of put your money where your mouth is. We're going to hold you accountable. We're going to send you weekly devotionals and be a part of a Facebook group. And we're going to ask you to pray with us about everything. And they're kind of our support base. We have a conference call every two weeks. And if you would like to maybe get signed up with that, just go to savethecowboy.com and click on Long X Ranch Cowboys. And we would love to have you. We would love to have you for the fellowship. So without further ado, Ty, will you open us up in prayer, please?
1: Oh, what a beautiful day, Lord thank you for today and, and man these people that came here to hear your word and, and uh, uh man i'm just so grateful for all the blessings you've bestowed on us and and so it's so grateful for yesterday that we could that we could gather together as a church family and celebrate the life of karen and and be there for brett um just just lord you've you've blessed this ministry so much and and just ask you to continue to do that and and all those who are a part of it uh thank you for those who have a servant's heart and anybody who needs you man we know the we know the Holy Spirit is here today, so all we have to do is ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Today we're gonna be doing something just a, a tad bit maybe not different, but a different style, I guess I should say. Um whenever I was down in Texas, it, it's vastly different up here than Texas because uh none of the none of the trees or bushes very often have, you know, five inch uh daggers attached to every square inch of their uh their deal. But, um, anyway, one day I was out there and we were, we, we had a calf run off when we were trying to gather. So we were going out there to gather. And it's a lot different trying to rope cattle in West Texas brush than it is out here in the wide open spaces. And so anyway, I got behind this calf and, and I wasn't on a, a, a real fast horse. So I knew that I was going to have to get up on him pretty quick. And so I was sneaking through the brush like Geronimo. And, uh, anyway, so I kicked my horse and, and there we go. And, we start running and you know, I don't really ha- I don't even have room to swing because it's so brushy and we're dodging and ducking through all this brush. And all of a sudden we, we kind of start heading towards this deal and there's, there's a mesquite bush and to the left is a prickly pear about this big and then another mesquite bush. But to the right it's clear and I just like, you know, that, that calf is going to go to the right. So I, I just assumed that we were going to go right. but that that calf went over the prickly pear bush and hung a left. Well, I knew that if I went to the right at that mesquite tree, that I was going to lose him. It was going to take me a while to find him again. And we're going to be running him too hard. So I was like, okay, do I go left? Do I go right? Because what I was really scared of is that my pony was going to say, uh uh, and park the brakes. And I was going to end up in the cactus. But at the last second, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be the man from cactus river. You know, I mean, I'm just going to go go full throttle, go full stupid over this cactus. And so right at the last second, I turned my horse left. Well, I think he'd been waiting on me to make a decision. And when he didn't make a decision, he was like, we're gonna go right. So I'm like this, my horse is like this, but I have good news. The mesquite tree kept me from falling off cause I hit it just full frontal with my face. If you, the, the tree is okay. Yes, the tree is fine. Uh, If you would like to know what that feels like, take nine cats to your head and get in the shower and turn the water on because that's what it about feels like whenever you hit a a mesquite tree, you know, with with a full face at at full stupid. So the lucky part was that the mesquite tree kept me from falling off. But the unlucky part was the mesquite tree kept me from falling off. I've always struggled with indecision. My indecision. really stemmed from a number of things. And, and really you would think that it would be the big decisions that are hard. Well, big decisions aren't hard because like, there's usually only a couple of ways you can go. You can worry about it or not worry about it. You know, whenever your motor home blows blows or your travel trailer blows over in the wind, there's not a lot you can do about it. You know, you know, you're gonna have to set it back up and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's the smaller decisions that, that I, I mean, it would just nearly vapor lock me. I would just not even slow down uh, to, to find out the right answer. I wanted to always get it right. I wanted to always get it right, and and I I constantly, and me and Ty have talked about this in situations out at the ranch, that I thought that there was always a right decision and a wrong decision, a right answer and a wrong answer, and I I would just use up all of the 10.10% of the brain power that I use, I would use it all in worry instead of other things that are more beneficial. I wanted to get the answer right. And I didn't want to fail. Man, I, I, I did not want to fail. And so, you know, I, was, I think I was more worried about failing than getting the answer right. I also worried what people thought. You know, what, what are people going to think if I do this? And what are people going to think when I do this? Well, I, I, I've finally, God has revealed to me that even Jesus didn't make everybody happy, you know? I mean, I I think that leadership is the fine art of deciding which half to make mad because it doesn't matter what you decide, half the people are gonna pat you on the back and half the people are gonna stab you in the back. That's just the way it is. But I also wanted to provide a good life for my family. You know, I was like, you know, how how is this going? How is my decision going to affect my family? But I also based a lot of my decision-making or at least the decision-making process based upon what was going To be less stressful because I wanted a stress-free life. I also wanted a unicorn. We can't always have what we want, right? So instead of worrying about everything, I started this about two years ago. And instead of me trying to figure out the right answer, I went to the Bible and I did an in-depth study on what it took to make a decision. What does God say about making decisions? Now I'm going to run through these really, really fast. I am. I'm going to run through them really fast and I can guarantee you that while all 10 of these fit me, they may not fit you. You may not struggle with some of these, but I can nearly guarantee that at least one of these 10 things is going to help you today. 10 things that will help you make hard decisions. I heard this from Andy Stanley on a podcast one time and he said that whenever you're trying to make a decision, ask yourself what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Not what is the easiest thing to do, not what would benefit you personally the most. Whenever you ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? It separates all of the emotion out of it because I think that most of the time we know exactly what we should do. We just are afraid because that way is usually harder or scarier or something like that. But we need to ask ourselves, what is the wise thing to do? And we have to base it on, what is the wise thing to do based upon what I have experienced in the past? Have I been through this situation before? And based upon my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do right now? And then we have to ask ourselves, what is the wise thing to do based upon what I know today? Because a lot of times we don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but we do know what, our, what we know right now. What is the wise thing to do based on our past experiences? What is the wise thing to do based upon our current circumstance? And what is the wise decision based upon who we want to be in the future. Not what job you want or how much money you have or what, how big of a house you have. What is the wise thing to do based upon who you want to be remembered as? What is the wise thing to do? In James chapter 3, verse 17, and I'll be reading most of these out of the simplified cowboy version, but you can look in your real Bibles and follow along. In James 3, 17, it says, you'll know cowboys that are riding with wisdom from God because they'll leave a trail of peace, mercy, justice, gentleness, good deeds, hospitality, and no ounce of hypocrisy. You know you've, you've used the wisdom from God when those are the results. What is the wise thing to do? The second thing that helped me in making hard decisions is really tough if one part is easy and the other scares the living crap out of you do the thing that scares you do the thing that scares you when is the last time that you stepped out of the boat onto the crashing waves because most of the time whenever we try to make a decision based upon something we will usually take the easy way out man how much was peter's life changed whenever he stepped out of the boat and became only the second man to ever walk on water next to jesus if one part is easy and the other part scares the crap out of you Do the thing that scares you. In Matthew 14, 28 and 29, it tells that story. It said, Pete hollered back at him, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to walk out there on that water and come to you. Jesus smiled and said, come on. Peter stood up and walked right off the boat and strode right out there on the water. Matthew 14, 28 and 29. When was the last time that you knew what you should do, but it was so scary, but you stepped out of that boat and onto faith and walked out there to get closer to Jesus. Number three, this is probably the most, uh, probably be the strangest one. I think that you hear today. And that is this, when you have a hard decision to make, you know, honestly flip a coin, it's better to flip a coin and just say, if it's heads, I'm going to go this way. And if it's tails, I'm going to go that way. And I'm not saying that that is the perfect answer for every situation, but I guarantee you it's more biblical to flip a coin and go with it. than sit around and worry about it. Is it not? because there's actually a biblical basis for the flipping the coin. It was how Judas was replaced with Matthias. When Judas killed himself, they wanted to do another, they wanted to hire, hire, I don't know, choose another disciple to take his place. And they had two to choose from and they didn't know which one to choose. So they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, but they didn't pray and make a decision. They prayed and then they cast lots and decided that whatever that outcome was is they would go with that because they knew that God was in control and that's how Matthias was chosen. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27, can a little bit of worry really do anything to add a single moment more to your life? And how much, instead of worrying, we should be praying about it. I mean, think about it. This totally changed my life. Worry is actually a prayer about what you don't want to happen. Think about that. Worry is actually a prayer about what you don't want to happen. Man, if you're gonna expend the energy, expend that energy into faith. Even if it's like, God, I just really don't know what I should be doing, so I'm gonna flip a coin and I'm gonna go with it and I'm gonna trust you. And even if it's wrong, God, you are a bigger than a flip of a coin and I know that I'm gonna step out in faith and I'm gonna to try to follow you and I'm gonna go that way and if it ain't the right answer, then you can bring me back. Number four, if one decision over the other will force you to change, take that one. If one decision will force you to change, take that one. We cannot follow God with the same life that was killing us. You know, I mean, uh, really when 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 we ask people for a testimony or if I walk up to you and I say, well, what is your testimony or what is your Tell me about how you came to Christ or I give you my testimony. It, it's really simple. The Texas Fellowship of Cowboy Churches used to use a model that says it's kind of a three-step model. Who were you? How did you come to know Christ? And what is your life like now? But if your life doesn't change when you come to Christ, I, you seriously need to question are you still doing the same things you used to do? Are you still hanging out with the same people that you used to hang around with? Are you still, and I'm not saying that you that any of us will be without sin, but are we still just living our existence? exact same lives. In Luke chapter 13, verse three, Jesus says, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And repent doesn't mean necessarily to stop doing something. It means to change our minds about what we do. A lot of times we used to live in sin, meaning we didn't even realize that it was against God's word. But now that we know, are we still going to do what's against God's word? If one decision will force you to change, take that one. It is the harder route. Number five. If you've got a hard decision to make, put off the decision for three days. Rash decisions are usually wrong decisions. You know, and and, and I think that for me, you know, the Bible talks about patience all the time. And I know that all of y'all are really good about being patient. I know I'm the only one that struggles with patience, but I think that patience isn't waiting as much as it is avoiding the knee jerk reaction. It's not so much about waiting over a specified period of time, it's avoiding that knee jerk reaction because our default way of doing things is usually sinful and we have to get past that. I always try to tell myself, I'm not always good at this, but I always say, wait one day to think clearly, wait two days to respond and three days to make a hard decision. And if we employed that in our lives, one day to think clearly, two days to respond in three days to make a hard decision. I think we would be wiser than we give ourselves credit, especially if those days are filled with prayer. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths, not you he will make straight your paths. But I guarantee you, man, we're going to take that easy way out if at all possible when we make rash decisions. Number six, do what you'd tell your child to do if they were in that situation. When people come to me with problems, um, I usually, one of my first questions is usually, if I had just told you all of that, what would you tell me to do? Nobody likes to answer that question. Nobody likes to answer that question because it's real easy to be truthful with somebody else and it's a whole lot harder to be truthful with ourselves. And, and even so, especially whenever I'm talking to people that I know are parents, if your child was going through this, what, would you, what kind of godly sound biblical advice would you give them? Or if a friend was, was struggling and didn't know Christ, what would you tell them to do? You have a vast amount of experience and knowledge if you can remove your personal involvement in the situation and do what you know is best. And if you're studying what the good book says and you're following God, think in our hearts that he will make straight our paths and lead us to where we need to be. Number seven, if you're wondering if you should let someone go, do it, do it. Listen, man, part of, of being a cowboy, a lot of times we go with our gut. And I think for our culture, I think that a lot of times it might be easier if, you know, when people say, oh, Jesus speaks to our heart. Well, I know that's true, okay? But I think the Holy Spirit speaks to our gut. We kind of know deep inside what we should do. And especially about the people that we hang around with. We hang on to toxic people way too long. And and I'm not saying that if your marriage is in trouble that you're gonna be like, that preacher told me I could leave my husband. I am not saying that, okay? Okay? Not, the, the, all the guys were starting to fidget. They're like, uh oh. Get your stuff together, guys, and a few of you girls. We are a product, it is said that we are a product of the seven people that we hang around with the most. And we learned this from a young age that you put one rotten apple in a barrel, does all the good apples make it good? Sometimes we got to remove people from our lives, you know, and, and, and maybe that's not because we're mad at them or anything, but you know, even Paul talks about in Acts that if somebody in the church is really doing some awful sinful things, you know, I think in the Corinthian church, this guy was sleeping with his stepmom. I mean, how crazy is that? You know, Paul says, kick them out so that they will know what it's like to be on their own so that they will repent and hopefully come back. Sometimes we have to do that with our friends. We may have to do that with our coworkers. We may have to do it with our entire jobs. First Corinthians 15, 33, the Bible says, don't be a fool, bad friends ruin good company. Or maybe in the simplified cowboy version, don't be a fool, bad friends ruin a good ride. Man, you know, if you hang around people that gossip and complain and, and you know, do all of this other stuff that the Bible says not to do, Man, it's kind of like whenever I go back to Texas. You think I got an accent now, you send me back to Texas where all them people know how to talk? Man, my accent gets real thick. (laughs) You know, but you're a product of, of who you're around. Number eight, if the only reason you're not choosing a decision is because you think some people will get mad doing it. Don't base decisions on what other people will think. Don't fear what man has to say fear what God had to say. You know, people have said this acronym for the Bible, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's kind of cute and everything, but you know, there's an element of truth to it. Don't worry about what other people think. Worry about what God thinks. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Moses was scared about what other people would think? He went up against the most powerful person in the world at the time, Pharaoh. You think Noah cared? God told him to build a boat. It had never rained before. It had never rained before. Everything was, you know, still from kind of the Garden of Eden. And he said, well, the earth is going to be flooded. They're like, what? And so he built a boat and they called him all crazy until it started to rain. Don't worry about what man thinks. Fear what God thinks. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Number nine, this one is going to be tough because I can nearly guarantee all of us are doing it right now or have done it in the past or will consider it in the future. Number 9. Don't borrow money if you can help it at all. Don't borrow money if you can help it at all. Do things that set you free, not tie you down. Man, the American dream is if you want something, you can have it now for some low monthly installments of 1995. I don't know why I have any I don't have any money. <laughs> well, those low monthly installments start to add up, huh? Especially with, you know, credit card payments. 0% interest for 60 days and then we're going to charge you a 1000%. That's what it seems like average American has like over $30,000 in credit card debt. That's stupid. That's dumb, man. People are going bankrupt in distress. And I mean, people have committed suicide over debt because their love of things was, was more important than their love of God. Do things that set you free, not tie you down. You know, uh, i i recently my wife and i have been uh saving up for nearly four years since we got the got the boys from china we adopted two uh special needs boys from china and uh we had always wanted a, a motor home and so we tried to go buy one and we had saved for a huge down payment, huge to us down payment and just skimped and saved from you know stuff i get for doing weddings and other little stuff. Uh, we just been saving nearly everything we had to put down this down payment. And we went, tried to buy a motor home and wouldn't do it because I don't make enough money. I mean, I, I have a great life, but in the banking industry, I don't make enough money. And I was just devastated. And I was trying to think of different ways because I knew what God was calling me to do because I want to travel around and, and see other people, especially our Long X Ranch Cowboys online, go see them and just, you know, all of this stuff and take my family with me and all of this stuff. And we couldn't get it done. Done and I found a beautiful motor home for the cost of my down payment that had 24,000 miles on it. It was kept immaculate immaculately in a barn was able to pay cash for, and you know, that burden that was lifted off because I was, I was ready to do exact. I was ready to not practice what I preach. I was ready to go get saddled up with a huge monthly payment that all of this stuff, but God said, no, you know, you don't need another payment. You need freedom to do the will of God. Proverbs 22, seven says the borrower is a slave to the lender. We should only be a slave to Christ not a slave to money. And last, but absolutely not least, number 10, pray and read the Bible about your decision. But more than that, have faith. God can do more with your failures than you can with your successes. You know, we, we always, when we're going through hard times, I, I hear this a lot. Well, I guess all we can do about it now is pray. Why weren't we doing that in the first place, right? I mean, we've all kind of said that. Well, I don't know what to do now. I guess all we can do is pray. Man, how much further along would we be if that was our first choice? instead of our last choice. Now, a lot of times, you know, God's not going to appear to you in a flaming mesquite bush. Go there. He's not gonna say that. But see, prayer may not give us the answer but it will give us the faith to receive the wisdom from God and the faith to put our trust in. Matthew 6, 33 says, search out his way before you search for anything else and be sure and live like he wants you to. Then he will give you everything you need. That's a simplified cowboy version of seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be given unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Do we do that? Have we been doing that first or do we do it last? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what hard decisions that that is going on in your life right now, but you do, and so does God. And he's just waiting for you to, number one, read his word. Do, live, say, act, just like he tells you to. And that is like preparing the soil for God to plant that seed for a harvest of righteousness. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, do not let us get burdened down trying to figure everything out. Let us have the faith, wisdom, and hope that you will guide us in the right direction, even if it is a result of our own foolishness. Keep us free from worry, anxiety, and fear, for you have given us victory across already. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.